Three days ago, Athlon Sports released their SEC Football 2022 All-Conference Team selections, including nine Gamecocks. Which ones did they get right, and which ones did they miss? We'll discuss that today on the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Your show for concise and consistent daily information on the latest game results, developments, and potential storylines to watch for your favorite South Carolina Gamecock sports team. I am your host, as always, Andrew Lyon, and today we're going to be looking at some all-SEC selections that were made by Athlon Sports just a few days ago in lieu of the 2022 football season. We're going to compare some of these guys to some of the people that may have been placed ahead of them, see maybe if there is some room for them to potentially land higher on any of these lists, and we're also going to talk about a couple of Gamecock players that did not make an all-SEC team and see where they could potentially end up at by season's end. So needless to say, today's show is going to be a fun one, but before I get started, I would like to ask y'all, if you do enjoy today's show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, please be sure to leave a like or a five-star rating wherever you listen to your podcast daily. And also, if you happen to know anybody, like a family member or a close friend, that you think would enjoy the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, be sure to spread the word and let them know to come on over here and join the community. I can guarantee you that they will not regret it. And as always... Thank you all for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your daily choice for South Carolina Gamecock sports coverage. So, with all that being said, let's go on ahead and get on right into today's show. Athlon Sports did release their 2022 all-conference teams just three days ago and included a lot of Gamecocks on their list. So, there were nine Gamecocks overall that were selected to their all-SEC teams. And starting off with first-team all-SEC... We see cornerback Cam Smith. Cam Smith has been getting a lot of hype this offseason from a lot of uh, fans who pay attention to a lot of prospects who seem like that they could be getting ready to go to the NFL. Cam Smith, I think, has already gotten a couple projections to be a first-round pick for next year's NFL draft. So it is indeed picking up steam, the hype train that is for Cam Smith. You go to the second team, All-SEC team. You have wide receiver Josh Fan and tight end Jaheim Bell. I have said before on my old podcast and on Twitter, and I will say it here, I think Jaheim Bell right now is the best-kept secret in college football. I just don't think that there are a whole lot of people outside maybe the SEC East that truthfully know how good Jaheim Bell is. I think that he has a really good chance to potentially be a first-team All-SEC selection, which I'll get into later. Third team, you have defensive lineman Zach Pickens and kick returner Juju McDowell representing the Gamecocks for the third-team All-SEC team. I uh, Zach Pickens, obviously, is now going into his third year 
as a starter for that South Carolina defensive line last year was kind of the year that he really started to put a lot of things together. Obviously, his first year as a true freshman, he was really just getting his feet wet and just learning about how physical the line of scrimmage play is in the SEC. And then his sophomore year, I don't want to really put all of it on him. I mean, it was a COVID season, and obviously everybody had to deal with it. But I have to feel like all the external circumstances hurt Zach Pickens a great deal his sophomore year. But last year, he was really able to put together an overall solid season at defensive tackle spot for the Gamecocks. And then Juju McDowell, uh, Gamecock fans, you all know by this point, Juju McDowell is probably one of the best athletes on the team. He's definitely, from a straight-line speed perspective, probably the fastest on the team. And there were plenty of times last year he nearly took a kickoff back for a touchdown. So we'll be looking to see who they think would finish ahead of Juju McDowell on first team and second team All-SEC teams. And then for fourth team All-SEC, Dakaron Joyner was listed as an all-purpose player. Javon Gwynn was listed as one of the multiple offensive linemen on this team. Punter Kai Kroger made fourth team All-SEC. And then Josh Van was even selected as a punt returner for the fourth team All-SEC team listed by Athlon Sports. So, looking at all of these guys now and seeing how many Gamecocks we have on Athlon Sports All-SEC teams, who do I think could finish higher or end up making the list overall? Well, we're going to start off with the players who are already on the list I think could finish higher. And we'll start off with Jaheim Bell at tight end. Now, First team All-SEC, for those of you who watched enough SEC football last year, you could probably take a pretty good guess as to who first team All-SEC was, and that was Brock Bowers of Georgia. Brock Bowers obviously had an incredible year last year, reeling in 56 catches for 882 receiving yards, 13 receiving touchdowns, and an average of 15.8 yards per reception. I think he broke Georgia's freshman all-time record for most receiving touchdowns in their first season. So pretty, pretty good company right there for Brock Bowers. Now, Jaheim Bell, in comparison to Brock Bowers, had 30 catches for 497 total receiving yards, five touchdowns, and an average of 16.6 yards per reception. Now, the reason why I say I think there's a chance Jaheim Bell could finish first-team All-SEC this next season, I would be one of the fans... And now at this point, media personalities who would say that I do think Shaheen Bell was not utilized properly last year. Or you could maybe even argue in certain cases, he wasn't utilized enough. Now, obviously, last year, there were a lot of different issues with South Carolina's offense. A lot of issues that would take a whole other episode for me to go into. But Shaheen Bell... He, he truthfully was one of those players. He had a few really big games last year, and he would make a really solid catch or really athletic play here or there in all the other games. But especially compared to Brock Bowers, it didn't just amount to enough. Now, with Spencer Rattler now as the starting quarterback for South Carolina going into the 2022 season, all the experience coming back, the production coming back, I think that there's a really good chance Jaheim Bell could make first-team All-SEC. And you think about it, another thing that's going to help Jaheim Bell out is the fact that Georgia's got so many good tight ends that Brock Bowers, I don't think, will be able to get the stats he got last year Along, when you also consider the fact as well that 
A lot of teams now are going to be keying in on Brock Bowers. They're going to try to force Stetson Bennett to have to sit back in the pocket, take out everything underneath, and now force Stetson Bennett to try to throw the deep ball down the field. So for both of those reasons, I could definitely see Jaheim Bell making first team all SEC. Now coming up next, I'm going to talk about a couple of other players for South Carolina whom I think could finish higher than they were slotted by Athlon Sports. But first, I have a quick word from our friends over at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports information, where you'll find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's NBA basketball championship matchup between the Warriors and Celtics. Listen, y'all, the Warriors and Celtics just played Game 3 last night, so there's only a guarantee of two games left in that series if you want to try to make some coin on some NBA games. You've also got the NHL Eastern Western Conference Finals going on right now. The Eastern Conference Finals between the Rangers and Lightning and the Western Conference Finals, including the Oilers and the Avalanche. You've also got regular season Major League Baseball games and, of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline acts as a continuous source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and much more. Head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline where the game starts. Welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for daily news coverage on your favorite South Carolina Gamecock sports teams. So, before going into the break, I discussed how Jaheim Bell could end up finishing first team All-SEC after being selected to the second team All-SEC team by Athlon Sports. Now I'm going to talk about Juju McDowell who was slotted at the third-team All-SEC kick returner spot. Now, the two players who were slotted in front of Juju McDowell were Jameer Gibbs of Alabama, who was selected to the second-team All-SEC team, and Ladeatrick Griffin from Mississippi State, who was selected to the first-team All-SEC team for kick returner. Now, I went back and compared the 2021 season stats for all three of these guys to try and get an idea of what Juju McDowell could potentially have to do to finish higher than third team All-SEC at the kick returner spot. Now, when looking at Jameer Gibbs' stats, we do need to keep in mind that he did play at Georgia Tech this past season in the ACC. So, Jameer Gibbs had 23 overall kickoff returns for 589 return yards, one touchdown, a long of 98 yards, and a return average of 25.6 yards. Now, if you take out the touchdown return for Jameer Gibbs, then the stat line is 491 return yards and a return average of 22.3 yards. When looking at Trick Griffin's stats out of Mississippi State, Griffin had 15 kickoff returns last season for 459 return yards, one touchdown, a long of 100 yards, and a return average of 30.6 yards per kickoff return. Now, you take out the touchdown from his stat line, his final stat line would read as 359 return yards and a return average of 25.6 yards per kickoff return. Now, Juju, compared to both of these guys, still had a pretty solid season, especially considering the fact that he played against mostly SEC competition last year. 
Juju had 15 kickoff returns last season for 394 return yards. And unlike Jameer Gibbs and Ladia Trick Griffin did not have a kickoff return touchdown last season, but he did have a long of 63 yards and a return average of 26.3 yards per kickoff return. So you could see based on these stat lines here, Juju McDowell has the potential to break away a kickoff return pretty much any time he gets the ball in his hands. And if he ends up fielding the ball at the goal line, on average, Juju McDowell is going to end up yielding a net positive compared to if he instead decided to call for a fair catch or the ball went into the end zone for a touchback. So Juju McDowell has the potential to end up scoring a special teams touchdown and very nearly did so on multiple occasions last season. But unfortunately, he wasn't ever able to break one away like Jameer Gibbs and Ladia Trick Griffin. Now, while based on these stat lines, you could definitely say Gibbs and Griffin both seem like very solid return men in their own right. I definitely do feel like that their their kickoff return for a touchdown last season sort of skewed their stat line a little bit and kind of made it a little bit easier for these guys that came up with these all SEC teams from Athlon Sports to slot these two ahead of Juju McDowell. But with Juju McDowell's breakaway speed that he does have and Pete Limbo's special teams coaching, which if you have not ever seen a video of Pete Limbo either coaching or one of his press conferences with the media, you I highly recommend that you do so. Pete Limbo is a very funny guy and definitely quite the character when you consider the fact that he is a football coach. And one last side note on Juju McDowell before I move on. I do think that there's also a really good chance that Juju McDowell could make an all-SEC team as an all-purpose player. Juju McDowell does a lot for the Gamecocks out of the running back room, catching a lot of swing passes. Again, I've mentioned multiple times now, has the breakaway speed to take the ball 80-85 yards down the field. Also, can do really good things in the running game. Do not let his size fool you. If you watch the spring game from... Back earlier in April, Juju was one of the better running backs out of the running back group that night. And you add in the return ability that he's got, I definitely think that Juju could end up being an all-purpose player on one of these all-SEC teams come the end of the 2022 football season. Now, the next player who I think could end up being higher on this list that already is on an all-SEC team for Athlon Sports is punter Kai Kroger. Now, Kroger is behind three different punters on these All-SEC teams, with Paxton Brooks of Tennessee being selected to the third team, Oscar Chapman of Auburn being selected to the second team, and Nick Constantinou of Texas A&M being selected to the first team All-SEC team. Now, when comparing all the stats between all of these punters, I've got to say, the competition here will be pretty stiff for Kai Kroger if he wants to finish higher than 4th-team All-SEC. Starting off with Paxton Brooks, Brooks had 45 punts last year for an average of 44 yards per punt, a season long of 64 yards. 18 punts were downed inside the 20-yard line. And Brooks also forced 26 fair catches, which considering the fact that he only punted the ball 45 times is really, really impressive. Moving on to the next punter, we have Oscar Chapman. 
from Auburn, who is an Australian-style punter, which means that Chapman typically rolls out to one side of the field for a couple seconds, which not only gives his punt coverage team time to get down the field a little bit farther before he punts the ball, but also can allow for the ball to have a really big roll effect. Basically, bouncing pretty short of where maybe the returned man is, but also, therefore, getting a really solid bounce and then being able to get a lot of yards after it initially has contacted the ground. It also can force the return man to maybe have to sprint out to a particular spot in a very short amount of time in order to be able to get the ball so that the ball doesn't end up rolling 20 yards behind them after the fact. But Chapman had 57 punts in 2021 for an average of 44.1 yards per punt. A season long of 65 yards, he downed 23 punts inside the 20-yard line and forced 28 fair catches. Again, really, really impressive stat line here for Chapman. And then moving on to Nick Constantinou out of Texas A&M, he, like Oscar Chapman, is also an Australian-style punter. Now, Nick had 51 punts in 2021 for an average of 46.6 yards per punt, a season-long of 65 yards, 22 punts were downed inside the 20-yard line, and he also forced 20 fair catches. Now, when you look at all these stat lines and you compare it to Kai Kroger's stat line from last season, Kai definitely did not have a bad season, but he would have to see a little bit of improvement in a couple of different spots if he wants to end up higher than fourth-team All-SEC. Kai had 59 punts last year, which is not surprising considering, again, how bad the offense was at times in certain games last year. Kai had an average of 42.9 yards per punt, a season long of 73 yards, 22 punts down inside the 20-yard line, and forced 23 fair catches. Okay, so especially compared to Nick Constantinou and Paxton Brooks, You could say that it's a little bit unfair to judge maybe last season's stats fully on Kai Kroger because of the fact that Kai had to punt the ball 14 more times than Brooks, whose season average was only 1.1 yards per punt higher than Kai's was. And then you look at, say, Oscar Chapman out of Auburn. Chapman only had two less punts than Kai Kroger did last year. His average yards per punt measurable was only 1.2 yards longer than Kai Kroger's was. But on those 57 punts, Oscar Chapman had forced 28 fair catches, five more than Kai Kroger did. And this is where the Australian style of punting really comes into favor of somebody like Oscar, who obviously has honed in his skills with that style of punting. And again, that's obviously not a bad thing, but it definitely helps to sort of skew a couple of particular categories in the stat line compared to guys like Kai, who has more of an orthodox style of punting that he uses. So I definitely do think that Kai could end up finishing higher than fourth team All-SEC. Admittedly, it is going to be very difficult to probably get past all three of these guys that are ahead of him. I will say, I do think just purely based on how well Tennessee's offense does this season like they did last year, and then maybe a little bit of slight improvement from Texas A&M, I could see how maybe Kai, if he has some of those punts cut down, he can increase his leg strength a little bit, and hopefully the offense gives him a little bit more help. 
He could definitely, I think, finish third or second team All-SEC. First team, however, might be a little bit of a reach. So now that I have talked about a couple of the Gamecock players who are already on one of these All-SEC teams and gave my reasoning as to why they could finish higher than maybe they were slotted, I'm now going to talk about a couple of Gamecock players who did not make an All-SEC team for Athlon Sports going into the 2022 season, starting off with an obvious one in Spencer Rattler. Now, Spencer has a couple of different factors working against him here. Obviously, the first factor is the fact that he has not played in the SEC yet. He has not played a lot of SEC snaps like some of these other guys did at the minimum from last season. And while obviously I'm not saying that Athlon Sports may have included the fact that Spencer got benched last year as a reason for maybe not putting him on one of these all-SEC teams. I definitely could see how that could have maybe at least hurt Spencer Rattler's prospects regarding this whole process. So, when looking at the guys who were selected ahead of Spencer Rattler, Bryce Young, very obviously, was selected to the first team all-SEC team out of Alabama. They then put Hedden Hooker out of Tennessee on the second team all-SEC team. K.J. Jefferson from Arkansas was selected to the third-team All-SEC team, and Will Rogers out of Mississippi State was selected fourth-team All-SEC. Now, again, kind of like Kai Kroger, when looking at all of these stat lines, it is pretty easy to see why maybe these four guys were put ahead of Spencer Rattler. Starting off with Bryce Young. Bryce Young's stat line for 2021 included a 66.9% completion percentage, 4,872 passing yards, 47 passing touchdowns, and 7 interceptions. Hedden Hooker out of Tennessee had a 68.2% completion percentage for 2,945 passing yards, 31 passing touchdowns, and only 3 interceptions. And he also added 620 rushing yards and 5 rushing touchdowns to his stat line. K.J. Jefferson out of Arkansas had a 67.3% completion percentage for 2,676 passing yards, 21 passing touchdowns, and only four interceptions to go along with 664 rushing yards and six rushing touchdowns. And then lastly, Will Rogers had a 73.9% completion percentage through for 4,739 passing yards, 36 passing touchdowns, and nine interceptions. So since Rattler was benched, about halfway through the season last year for Oklahoma, I decided that instead of putting out like his career stat lines or his stat line from the 2020 COVID season, that to have a little fun here, I would make a hypothetical average stat line using all four of the previous quarterback stats from last season to see what Spencer Rattler would have to do or around the numbers he would have to hit for each category in order to potentially make an all-SEC team. And those numbers are as follows. 69% completion percentage. 3,808 passing yards, 41 passing touchdowns, and five interceptions or less. Now, the completion percentage I definitely think Rattler can hit. As for his career, I believe Rattler has a completion percentage of 70% or more. So, definitely could see Rattler hitting that mark. 3,808 passing yards, I definitely think that's doable for Spencer, but considering the completely different group of players that he's going to be playing with. We are going to be facing SEC defenses. At the minimum, I definitely think Rattler can hit 3,200 passing yards. Definitely think that if the bar was set there, that would be doable. But 
3,808 passing yards, that might be a little bit difficult to reach. 41 passing touchdowns, once again, I just, I, I don't know about a mark that high. Obviously, that's a little bit higher because of what Bryce Young and Will Rogers did this past season. I think that if Rattler was around, maybe even halfway between Jefferson and Hooker's passing touchdown marks from last season, which would work out to be 26 passing touchdowns. I think he should definitely be able to hit that and maybe even around the amount Hooker had, which was 31 passing touchdowns. Five interceptions or less. Uh, a lot of people are going to probably poke fun at that, even though Rattler hasn't really thrown that many interceptions over his entire career like some other quarterbacks have. Uh, I definitely think that Rattler should have the chance to at least hover around the five interception mark for next season. Staying below that, again, might be a little bit tough considering a couple of the teams were playing next season, but we'll have to see. But from an arm talent perspective, I would argue that Rattler is the second best quarterback in the entire conference. I mean, honestly, I know that Hennon Hooker has done very well at Tennessee. I think that he really benefits from the system that he plays in up at Tennessee, which is why his stats were so good last year. Now, three interceptions alone, you definitely, you know, you can't put that on the system. That That's a quarterback that has a very high IQ working with the football out there. But I think that the system definitely helps out Hennon Hooker. Same kind of deal with Will Rogers, especially with how the air raid works. I mean, very, very few plays that you have to pretty much have called by Mike Leach, who's obviously the de facto offensive coordinator, and just not very complex with, you know, the variety of plays. It's all pretty much the same plays, but set up in different formations for Will Rogers. But either way, I think that Spencer Rattler will finish somewhere on an all-SEC team by season's end. And then the last player is Antoine Wells Jr., who, of course, is an FCS transfer from James Madison. Had a really, really good sophomore campaign there last year. But he did not even make an all-SEC team. And again, I think it's sort of for the same reasons that Spencer Rattler didn't make an all-SEC team in the sense that he's never faced SEC competition. So a lot of these writers and pundits are going to be a little bit uh, hesitant to put a player like Antoine Wells on one of these teams. But... I think that Wells has a really good chance to do just that. So I'm not going to look at all four sets of All-SEC receivers from Athlon Sports. I'm just going to look at the fourth team All-SEC teams selections and go from there. Starting off with Toski Dove from Missouri. He finished last season with 38 receptions, 576 receiving yards, zero receiving touchdowns, and 15.2 yards per reception. I do think he's got a really good head coach over there in Eli Drinkwitz pertaining to when it comes to play calling on the offensive side of the ball, but there are some quarterback questions over there at Missouri. You've also got Luther Burden, the five-star true freshman that Missouri got this past offseason. So be interesting to see if Dove is really able to have a really big jump statistically this next season. You then got A.D. Mitchell out of Georgia, who had 29 receptions for 426 receiving yards, four receiving touchdowns, and averaged 14.7 yards per reception 
last year. I think that A.D. Mitchell definitely could finish on an all-SEC team. I think they'll have a way better chance now that Jermaine Burton is gone. You did have Lad McConkey out there as well. Brock Bowers obviously in that whole tight end room, but I think that A.D. Mitchell really came on strong for the Bulldogs late last season. So I think that either way, A.D. Mitchell will finish on an all-SEC team. And then you got Tavion Robinson, the Virginia Tech transfer who went to Kentucky this past offseason. He last year had 44 catches for 559 receiving yards, five touchdowns, and 12.7 yards per reception. Now, Antoine Wells, compared to all of these guys, had 83 receptions, 1,250 receiving yards, 15 touchdowns, and an average of 15.1 yards per reception, and was a second-team FCS All-American. So the potential is there for Antoine Wells. And when looking at the film from this past season, Antoine Wells is just a flat-out football player. He doesn't have really any big strengths in his game, but he also doesn't have really any weaknesses. He's pretty much above average to good in every single skill that you look for in a wide receiver. And again, when you have a quarterback like Spencer Rattler, he's not going to be expected to be the only guy out there that makes big plays. He'll have Jaheim Bell and Josh Van to help him out. Again, not saying Antoine Wells is going to finish like first team or second team All-SEC, but I definitely think he will finish on an All-SEC team either way by season's end. And when you compare him to these other guys as well, these other guys seem like they're really solid receivers, but I think that Antoine Wells, with the experience he brings and the talent he's got around him to help him, I think that he should definitely be on an All-SEC team this coming January. But anyways, y'all, that is going to do it for today's show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Thank you all once again for giving the show a listen. If you enjoy the show, again, don't forget to leave a five-star rating or like wherever you listen to your podcast daily. Also, please be sure to go follow me on Twitter if you want constant updates on the South Carolina Gamecocks. You can find me at a lion underscore SC. That's at capital A, capital L, Y-O-N underscore capital S, capital C. Thank you all once again for giving the show a listen. I hope you have a great Thursday, and I'll catch you all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.